welcome to another episode of Conversation with a Chef. I'm Jo Ritty and I love sharing with you the conversations I get to have with talented and passionate chefs. It's the backstory, if you will, to the food they're putting up. I begin today by acknowledging the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional custodians of the lands and airwaves where this conversation takes place, land which was never ceded, land where communities came together to eat seasonally, locally and without exhausting resources. I pay my respects to the elders past, present and rising. Today I'm talking to Alan Tompkins from the Burnt Chef Project. Alan is an ambassador for the Burnt Chef Project, which is an organisation that seeks to highlight mental health within the hospitality industry. This is a huge topic and it's super timely to talk about. Four out of five hospo workers say they've encountered mental health challenges while working in the industry, but a whopping 47% say they would not speak up about it. This gulf is something Alan and his colleagues at the Burnt Chef Project want to address. You can hear Alan in person when he speaks on the panel at Mo Hospo, an event on the 8th of May at Hope Street Radio, where he'll join Movember ambassadors Sebastian Pazanetti, Anthony Power and guests for a panel discussion around men's health, mental health within the industry. I really enjoyed this topic because well-being within the hospitality industry is very close to my heart and I think that you'll get a lot out of this. Where shall we start? Um, I was going to ask you the same yeah, I'm really glad that you got in touch with me because I think one of the things that I is really important to me when I talk to chefs is, and I haven't spoken about it lately, maybe with the, the chefs I've been speaking to, but it, but it is that well-being aspect. Yeah. And I yeah. think because I'm a teacher as well, and I work with young um, women, uh, and it's increasingly mental health is a really big thing that we need to discuss, yeah, and it's and, and especially after COVID. So yeah. um, let's start with how you got into the industry mm-hmm. perhaps and then and what led you to um, your breakthrough as you yes. describe it yes um, and then yeah and that was the reason why I picked Limoncello because this is where actually I had my breakdown um, so, um, so I always go for little um, little iconic signals when I'm when I'm doing my thing so I actually did my first presentation in Melbourne here and I saw that mainly yeah. because this is where it all sort of it all sort of ended, but started at the same time. Yeah. So um, now that sun's coming out, even that's even better. So nice. Um, yeah. So that was. There's a touch of. There's a touch of irony, I suppose, to yeah choosing this venue. Um, and again, sorry, we couldn't do it at um, at Oco. Um, I've got yeah, to go. I haven't just, been to the rooftop, so I need I've to go to the there rooftop, as well. I haven't been to the restaurant. Um, Where's the? Um, I'm jumping about all over the place here because I've got so much I want to hear from you, but. Um, <laughs> The event, is that at OCO? It is, no, it is at... Oh, no, I should have this fresh in my mind. I've got it in a, um, in a OneDrive document. It is at Radio... Hope Street Radio? Oh, yeah. You know oh, that? Cool. In yeah. I, I don't know where it is. Yeah. Um, I did a little bit of a little bit of Googling so as I knew what I, what I might be talking about today. Mm. Um, so that's really cool. Um, originally, it was going to be uh, at OCO, the rooftop. Yeah. Um, and then... But, um, yeah, postponed and, um, yeah, so we've gone for the bigger venue and hopefully we can draw a pretty good crowd. So, yeah. No, it's, it's going to okay. be exciting. So we'll go back to the start because mm-hmm. 
I have um, done a little bit of research on you, uh-huh. <laughs> and I know that you uh, were perhaps later to come to come into chefing, but then once you got into it, you really loved it. So yeah. can you yeah. maybe tell me about how that all worked, how you got into it? How I got into it? Yep, we can do that absolutely. Cool. Are we recording now? Yeah, we were recording. <laughs> oh God. Um, <laughs> I I basically got into cooking out of desperation. Um, I was. I think 23 when I first sort of had the first inkling that maybe chefing was the thing for me. Um, basically I completed year 12 and had no idea what I was doing. I did um, business studies for a while because um, <coughs> accounting was actually the thing that I, well, I won't say did well at, at school, but it was the thing I did the best at at school. Um, and I was starting to feel that that really wasn't going to do, do it for me. Um, and then I sort of went through a bit of a hating the world stage, very um, angst-ridden. Um, as I say in my presentations, it was around about the time of um, Kurt Cobain and grunge and, and things like that. And I was sort of... Um, <laughs> issue? Hellbent on, uh, hell-bent on, you know, sort of... Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't my own biggest fan for a while there. Yeah. Um, so there wasn't any real inspiration as to behind what I wanted to do with my life. Um, and then I discovered a 15-week uh, cookery course. This was when I was living down in Geelong. I'm Geelong born and raised. Um, uh, sorry, a 15-week hospitality course. Um, and it covered everything from, you know, bar work, the floor and the kitchen. And there's something about the kitchen that just sort of started speaking to me in ways that nothing really had four um and then one of the ladies running it said oh what was your favorite part and of course i said without hesitation the the kitchen i loved it i loved it she said have you signed up to our 15 week commercial cookery course which of course i knew nothing about so i pretty much signed up on the spot um and yeah just the kitchen was talking to me in ways that um, nothing had before. I felt like I had a bit of a purpose and a bit of a bit of a chance to uh, make something of myself. And um, really, I didn't look back from there. Um, just started working in restaurants and um, pubs in Geelong because this was before before Geelong became the sort of the, the cafe scene it is now. I think I could only name one or two cafes back in the day in Geelong. Um, it's pretty impressive now. I love Geelong. It is it's awesome now. There's so many options. So <laughs> yeah. many options. Mm. Um, that waterfront's amazing. The waterfront they've done a lot of work on. It's really, really cool. I worked down at um, uh, Sailor's Rest for a while, which is down on the waterfront there, which is a very iconic yeah, wow. um, venue. And that's actually where the first ever uh, Burnshift Project um, information session was held. Okay. I held it there, which... Um, was sort of like a bit of a homecoming for me, yeah, nice. which was pretty cool. It was a really, really good night. It really was a good little springboard um, to what was going to come. Um, and what do you think it was about being in the kitchen that appealed to you? Do you think it was being part of a team or the creativity or the, um, the satisfaction of making people happy? I think it was a bit of everything. Yeah. Um, of course, it's a long, long time ago now. But yeah. There's just something, just something about the... The organisation and just the camaraderie that we had, and um, you know, it was always um, always plenty of banter going on, which was always cool. As much as you had to be serious at the 
at the right time there was always room for jokes and humor which i've always loved um it was just it was, i think it was just sort of having a having a bit of a meaning and sort of belonging to something for the first time and um and were you in kitchens were they supportive kitchens i'm sort of imagining 20 years ago that there might have still been that kind of yelly chef situation I, <laughs> yelling chefs yeah no i don't think i really copped okay. too much of that okay. if there was ever going to be any sort of yelly yelly shouty stuff it was more from um owners and managers okay um that's good which yeah but um i think i sort of when i started sort of i think that sort of yelly shouty chef was maybe starting to calm down a little bit um I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of people that would say otherwise, but I think I was quite lucky yeah. through my career. And um, even when I eventually moved up to Melbourne um, 11 or 12 years ago now, and I started working in the cafe scene more, um, there was sort of even less of that. I mean, if, I think if anything, um, I was always harder on myself than anything else, which I think was one of my biggest flaws through my career is um, yeah no head chef or manager ever told me off if I did something wrong because they knew I was I was beating myself up more than they ever could so um, mm. yeah I, I was always and people will probably say even now I'm very very hard on myself mm. um, which I think I think maybe just stemmed from sort of being late into the industry and maybe trying to catch up a little bit um, yeah, yeah. but I think it also um, benefited me because even from even from my earlier years, the earlier times, I always um, took the younger chefs and the apprentices under my wing. Mm. Just sort of, you know, if I saw that they were struggling with certain dishes or or prep items, I was always the first one in there, sort of offering a little bit of advice and just sort of, you know, being a being an ear to ear to, um, uh, to talk to um, and. I think that sort of carried through all of my career and sort of has even got me to it got me to where I am now, yeah. both professionally and with what I'm doing with the Burnt Chef. I think, um, yeah, I think that was one of my huge passions was just sort of supporting the younger guys, knowing how hard it is, especially when you first start in the industry. Yeah. Um, just having someone there that can sort of be that um, that listening ear and um, not being the the shouty yelly one mm. um, as much as. You know, I could be shouty and yelly as well. But, um, <laughs> well, we all can, can't yeah. we? And it's a it's a hard environment. You know, it's hot. They've got sharp knives. You've got time limits, and then you know reviews and all that kind yeah, of thing. I mean, yeah. it's a that's why, isn't it, that hospitality is so challenging? It's and the a, and the the unsociable hours and all of those things. I think that's the big one. The unsociable hours. I mean, you miss out on so much. Mm. Um, but at the same time. Um, I think sometimes we're guilty of um, being our own worst enemy because we sort of we sort of always put work first. I always put my work first. Mm. Um, is that, that is that because that's what your identity is? Do you think? I think so. I think it was the um, I think it was the unwritten rule that you know you sort of you had to be if you're rostered on you you have to be working and um, yeah, yeah. you know you can't ask for Saturdays. And, God, you can't ask for Saturday nights off, you know, to go to someone's wedding or something. And I think, again, 
we're our own worst enemy when it comes to that because it just seems to be the way it's always been and you sort of come into the industry um, thinking that, that that that's it basically mm. your your weekends are over and um, and you sort of work's always put first and yeah I think it's just something it's just something you take on and you know it's the old the old uh, phrase it's the way it's always been type mentality which again is um, part of what I want to try and not so much change but tweak a little bit with the industry I don't think I can change the industry no but yeah I can definitely tweak it a little bit yeah so so what happened then because you were enjoying it and there are lots of elements that were really great about it and I mean I guess you were doing it for a long time as well what was the point that um, it all became too much I don't want to. I don't want to use the c word, but I think COVID yeah. had a lot to do with it. A lot of that um, going in and out of lockdowns, where you would see your, your hours go from sixty hours a week to fifteen, and then back up to sixty and back down, and in and out of um, takeaway only, and you lose your creativity a little bit going from a beautiful presented dish on a plate to then cramming inside a polystyrene box, which mm. as soon as you close that lid, the um, the quality of the food is um, diminishing by the second. I think that had a lot to do with it. Um, I think because I, at that time, didn't know anything about self-care and, and even though I was very, very aware, I've struggled with mental health for 30 odd years, so even longer than I've been in the industry. Um, you just, you don't do anything about it and you just keep on pushing. Um, and it's obviously, it just got to the point where like an elastic band, you, the more you stretch it out, it's gonna get to that point. And um, unfortunately it happened uh, twice in the space of six months um, in two different venues. Yeah. Um, and the first time I thought, um, you know, it was just because of COVID and, and, and the stress of it all. Um, and then when it happened the second time that really I think to start off with, I was in denial a little bit before. Oh, no, I can get back in the kitchen because I remember coming, coming into um, a place of work and um, say, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go." Um, but I think deep down, I think I was only really saying that because cooking is all I'd ever known, mm. um, and I felt like I didn't have anything else to fall back on. Um, and I think there's a lot of people out there that sort of in this, I've talked to a few people um, over the last few years um, that are in similar situations. They just, they just, I don't want to use the word trapped. I don't want, I don't, I don't want to say that. But they sort of feel that um, because this is the only skill they have, they're going to struggle, you know, sort of uh, picking up a job in a in a different industry. Mm. Um, so how did you? Because I know that you searched on um, on Spotify for mm-hmm. some answers, which I thought was a really interesting approach. Is that because you like to listen to podcasts already, and you, or you thought someone else must be talking about this? I actually um, I started seeing a life coach, okay, um, and he has his own podcast, which which um, is he's very blunt and he's very to the point with his podcast. Um, so I was listening to all of his podcasts, and then one day. Um, I was just out walking and I put in um, Chef's Mental Health in a podcast search, just see what was there, see what was available. And 
yeah, the Burnt Chef project was the first thing that came up. So I listened to one of the podcasts on that walk and started hearing what they were talking about in the podcast. And I thought, this is um, exactly what I've been thinking about for a long time. Through, um, through COVID, I'd studied uh, Cert 4 in mental health. Oh, wow. Um, and even earlier than that, I had this little, this little idea in the back of my head of working with... Um, chefs and their mental health mm. and thinking well nothing's going to come of it so I thought I'll do some study and sort of learn a little bit more about it um, so in the back of my head I sort of had a, a bit of an idea of what I would love to sort of aspire to at some point and the Bird Chef project was actually doing exactly what I wanted to do what um, is the Bird Chef project? the Bird Chef project was started in 2018 by Chris Hall, who had um, his own mental health struggles. Um, he had a lot of friends in the industry and a lot of associates in the industry where he could see that um, there was a bit of a common theme with a lot of them, that mental health was was an issue. Um, and he decided to do something about it. So he set up a non-profit organisation back in 2018 and Basically, it started off just selling merchandise, just to spread the word a little bit, um, and then it sort of branched out to doing um, uh, colouring school talks. Um, there's even a um, an app where you can do uh, little short courses where you get a little bit of a little bit of an idea of what the Burn Chef project's trying to do. Um, and then he's obviously started to branch out further than the UK and. Um, because I knew nothing about the ambassadorship way, way back. I actually um, just emailed, basically emailed, I thought I was emailing Chris, but obviously it would have gone through <laughs> yeah. various sources, um, and just said, look, I love what you guys are doing. Yeah. I, and then I explained my situation a little bit, and he said, I would really like to at least try and start something up similar here. Mm. Um, and that's when they suggested the ambassadorship and so I went away and I read about that and I think I more or less signed up on the spot thinking thinking that, you know, there'd be um, a few ambassadors in Australia. I mean, we were a very, very big country. Mm. Um, and in December 2021, it was announced that I'd be the very first wow. ambassador for the Burnship Project. And for a very... Considering where I was at the time, a very um, just unsure of where my next step was, and I was very, very introverted. Um, yeah, it, it felt like an almighty, um, an almighty challenge. Yes. Um, and what what does the role require? Um, basically, we just kind of spread the word. So I just because I'd already set up my own little. Um, Facebook and Instagram page called Mental Health in the Hospitality Industry. So I'd already started posting um, just little quotes and things in the here and there and everywhere. And once I took on the ambassadorship role, whilst I was still feeling a little bit unsure of, you know, where to take it and the little introverted me wondering how the hell am I going to do this? I yeah. was basically just posting a lot of the Burn Chef stuff and sort of trying to direct people to the to the website um, and then I don't know where I got the idea but one day introverted little old me decided I'm going to start doing information sessions right so I think about April 
2022 I had the first sort of inkling that this is what I was going to do and I'm thinking don't like public speaking I'm very introverted um, for some reason there's something about this topic that was saying to me just put it all out there just and all of a sudden I started opening up about my struggles um, I started posting blogs and things just explaining various stages of how mental health has either enhanced or affected my um, chef career and I started getting more and more sort of feedback on it and that's where the sort of the confidence started growing from that and I thought you know what we are we're gonna do this we're gonna do this event so that's when I contacted the guys at Sailor's Rest and I said look I want to do a bit of a bit of a dry run I don't want to sort of hit the ground running in in Melbourne um, and yeah and who came? People from the industry? People from the industry. There was about 40 or 50 people. That's great. Um, wow. I think I knew... I don't want to offend anyone for missing, for forgetting them. I think I only knew about five or six of them. Um, some people I hadn't seen for years and years. Um, and basically I stood up in front of 40 or 50 people and did not miss a beat. Just yeah. everything that I wanted to say, I got across. Um... And at the end of it, I had a lot of people just coming up to me and saying, this is, this is the best thing for the industry. Um, I've signed up uh, two ambassadors on the back of it. Wow. Um, which is really, really cool. One guy um, I actually worked with 14 years ago. So it's really, really good sort of to, to get back in touch with him again. And um, so he's doing, he's doing great things down in Geelong, trying to spread the word. Um, so as well as raising awareness about mental health and um, particularly in the, in the industry, does the Burnt Chef Project offer solutions <laughs> or strategies or how does it There's a work? lot of, um, a lot of um, as I said with the, the short courses they offer, they also offer um, mental health first aid training, Great. which um, I think at the moment people are sort of looking at it as... It's a, it's a little bit of a barrier with them being a UK organisation and I'm sort of trying to um, get across that um, hospitality is universal, mm. um, mental health doesn't discriminate and the mental health training, the mental health first aid training you can get through the Burnship Project is exactly the same as here in Australia. So, um, yeah, I'm just sort of trying to just allow people to see that the Burnship Project, even though they're 10,000 miles away, are just as um, viable here as it is in yeah, the UK. Yeah, absolutely. Um, which has sort of been one of the biggest hurdles, I think, um, you know, on the, on the back of um, chefs being predominantly men, and men are predominantly um, don't talk about their feelings. Mm. They'll very much talk about, um, you know, football and, and, and beer and, and things, but um, they certainly don't talk about uh, their feelings, which is another thing um, Burn Chef tries to do, which is try and break that stigma of, of mental health. And mental health is goes hand in hand with physical health, and we're very, very quick to talk about our physical health and, um, you know, talk about our scars and our cuts and Absolutely. things like that. But the, the subject of mental health is just... 
it's just not talked about. And I saw a statistic on maybe on your Instagram or about um, eight out of ten people. What? What? Maybe you could tell was, me. <laughs> yeah, you spot on. Yeah, four out of five. Yeah. Um, hospitality workers all have at least one uh, episode of poor mental health in their career, and I've even spoken to uh, people that only did hospitality for a short, um, short time, and they said it's sometimes they've been some of their worst mental health. Um, periods of their life so and then there was another impacts. shocking thing was, was that how many percent wouldn't talk about they wouldn't talk about it or didn't I feel comfortable I think it was 47 percent which it's huge you know it? it's let's just say that's half yeah and again 100 percent of us would very easily talk about um the cut we got from from this and that or the burn we got because you know we got too close to a to a pan i um, and we all, we all do it. We all talk about it. And yes, that, um, having a competition to see who's got the best scar and things like that. And, um, and because these scars are visible, we are very, very quick to talk about it or we find it easiest to talk about it. Um, but mental health, I, and that's why I've been so open with everything. I just, I've left no stone unturned with being as open as I can just to sort of show that um, you know what has happened to me and um, the effect it's had or you know just to give people a bit of a chance to sort of go I've been in that situation and I didn't know what to do and I didn't know how to handle it and that's where with the Burnt Chef Project we're trying to just sort of educate people on how to how to spot signs of poor mental health in someone um, how to spot signs in yourself um, and just sort of just looking out for each other um, should it be part of culinary training given I that would, the, the industry has such a high incidence of mental health challenges I would love it to be part of the I think it should be I've sort of I'm going to start up a little a little campaign to get um, what I call chef's life unit into culinary schools yeah because you you don't really hear about the the hours. You don't hear about, in some cases, poor pay. Um, that's another thing too, where you know the, the whole guy. Oh, you do it for the you do it for the love of it, not the money. The, the money. Um, yeah, just all those little things. The long hours, the unsociable hours, and then sort of coupled with just the, the intense pressure at times. And you know, it's the whole. That's again where the whole phrase can't stand the heat get out of the kitchen it's just it's just just an awful way to think about it I mean we all have we all have different tolerance levels we all have different levels I mean everyone has mental health it's just basically whether how you basically how you deal with it and how and a lot of these situations are going to test your mental health a lot of the time some some of the strongest people I've ever worked with have struggled with their mental health just purely by the pressure of the industry and <laughs> and given that it, you know as a chef you are, it's all about nourishing people and being hospitable and all of those things you know it really needs to come from a strong place I think in the first place so the people providing that nourishment need to be strong and looked after themselves so I think it sounds like a, a really great thing to be part of and a great thing for you to have yeah, stepped into and so you're not working as a chef anymore? I am not. No, I actually, 
only just in the last two months I've started working in mental health. Worked for Irma three six five as a um, carer respite facilitator. So um, we are looking after the the mental health of um, people that look after people with mental health and disabilities. Oh, how important! Um, wow, which is a I think a very very overlooked. I mean, you know, we put a lot of emphasis on. Um, helping people with the mental illness and the disabilities, but there are these amazing people that are holding down as close as they can to a full-time job. They're running a household and they're caring anywhere from their son, daughter, husband, wife, mother, father. And this absorbs a lot of their time and inevitably, if they're not on top of their own self-care, they're they're not going to be able to look after their their um, person they're caring for. So this role has just, and I'm I feel blessed every single day that I was offered this job. Um, and I've also learnt a lot about how to how to sort of approach it from the hospitality side of it as well. So it's working on a lot of levels for me now because it sort of made me sort of rethink. Um, how to approach the whole burn chef project thing mm. um, I'm trying to now get away from talking about what's wrong with the industry because we know what's wrong with it we've read about it we've we've heard the the, the tales um, so rather than concentrating on what's wrong with the industry um, I'm trying to move towards how we can change the industry how we can tweak the industry um, how we can make uh, managers and owners um, more accountable for their employees' mental health. Yeah, I mean, there's the whole there's the whole thing where we talk about um, working in hospitality. You're a one big happy family working in a cafe or a restaurant together, um, and I think sometimes we need to sort of concentrate on that word family a little bit more and treat and really treat both physically and mentally our staff and our colleagues like our, we would our family mm. and I think again I'll use the C word because COVID has maybe maybe made some owners and managers aware of that yeah how much they have needed to rely on staff because we've gone through staffing shortages and things like that. Mm. Um, so I think I think little changes are happening and I think as much as we think COVID was completely negative, I think it's had a, a little bit of a positive spin a little bit, but there's still so much to do um, and that's why I'm so passionate about it because I feel like um, this sort of can do it twofold. You start at the bottom with the with the younger guys, um, to sort of educate them on mental health, their own mental health, their colleagues' mental health. Um, the big one is about having the conversation. If you think someone's struggling, because um, as much as you know, you you could be close to these people. If you say to them, "Are you how are you doing? You seem to be struggling. Are you okay?" and they say no, there's going to be that sort of if you don't have these skills that we're trying to we're trying to educate people, then they won't know how to help someone. Um, so I'm sort of looking at sort of starting at culinary level. Yes. Um, hopefully in the next 12 months or so, I can get a little bit of um, 
do a couple, do a few talks in culinary schools. Um, and then I also think, oh, that's another side of it too, because with the younger guys, um, if we educate them on mental health, their own mental health, and the mental health of those around them, when they get into the position of being managers and owners, already their way of thinking has changed because we go through that whole cycle of, oh, this is how I was treated as an apprentice. I'm going to treat my staff like this. And then it just keeps going up and up Absolutely. through the generations. So if we can start at the, at the, at the start of the start, basically. Yep. Um, so we can just slightly tweak it a little bit. Um, and then to, on, on top of that, we can sort of go to the managers and owners and say, you know, you've got to be a little bit more um, accountable for your staff's mental health. There's the whole thing about the customer's always right, the customer's always put first. I think if you put your staff first and treat your staff right, the rest of it's just going to fall into place because yeah. you're going to retain staff if you treat them right. Um, if, you've got that, if you've got that open door policy where someone can you know, come to you and say, look, I'm really struggling today. You know, can I just hang back and do prep? Or, you know, I'm struggling today. We're a little bit quieter. Can I go home early? Um, just people being able to just talk about mental health as though they're talking about their physical health. Um, I think there's probably going to be a lot of pushback from a lot of, dare I say, older owners. Mm. Um, but if we can just, just even try, just mm. sort of... Show them, show them that sort of treating their staff, you know, a little bit better as far as mental health. They're going to retain staff. Um, it would be great to have some kind of, um, what do I want to say, not accreditation, but that if businesses had a little burnt chef tick of approval, I think uh, the public yeah. would really love that as well, to know that this is a business that, um, that cares about its staff and has done that. That's, what, that's a really good idea. I don't know. If I might it's have possible, a, but I might, I might have a word. Uh, I'll have a word to, to uh, HQ about that. That's a really good idea. Because um, yeah, I think people are increasingly thinking about well-being and mental health, and I think so. The public could support what you're doing by looking for those places yeah, that had exactly. that tick. Almost, <laughs> I mean, and you know, you sort of hang hang your hat on you know all these awards that you get, you know, restaurant of the year and chef of the year and things like that, but. Something like that can sort of be something that every staff member can be proud of as well. Exactly right. And that's where it sort of comes into the happier your staff are, the longer they're going to stay with you. Yes. So the less you're going to be spending on advertising, interviewing, the amount of money and time that an owner would go into interviewing people and advertising, interviewing, trialling. And then, you know, if that doesn't work out, then, you know, they're back to the start again with the cycle and... The less they need to do that, then there's more um, more time for for the, for the business. Yeah. Um, so tell me about your Movember event, which has obviously been um, it was a postponed yeah, event. It was postponed, <laughs> it was. Um, this has been organised by two ambassadors for Movember. Okay. Sebastian um, Passanelli. Passanetti. I knew I would trip over his name. Sorry, Seb. And um, Anthony Power, who he actually was one of the um, um, OGs when Movember started in the UK. Oh wow! He was actually one of the guys that um, started the ball rolling and uh, set it up over there, and um, continues the great work of Movember over here. So, um, 
So is it a panel of people? Is it, it is a panel of people. And what's, um, the, what's the discussion we around? We are talking solely men's mental health right. and hospitality, which, again, obviously is very, very close to my heart. Um, it's basically we're just trying to just get the word out there and just giving people an opportunity to hear from different uh, different people across the um, across the hospitality industry and it's going to be a really really good night um, mm. food and drink food being supplied by Oco which in my eyes is um, is one of the big reasons to get there yes. food at Oco is just amazing yeah um, and it's um, yeah it's fifty dollars plus booking fee per ticket with all the money going to Movember so it's all for a good cause and um, come and listen to uh, listen to a very very important uh, topic being talked about and um, yeah we've just we've just got to stop silencing these things we we need more events like this and um, I'm really honoured to be to be part of the panel and um, no it sh- it should be a good way to sort of showcase um, what members November's all about and um, sort of a little side part for me to sort of get the word out about the Burnship project as well which again um, we're, we're slowly we're slowly trickling it out there but um, um, I've actually got two I've got two guys lined up um, for interviews in the next actually I'm interviewing one guy on Monday actually for the ambassadorship and then there's another guy who um, who's um, in the in the works as well so um, we're slowly getting it we've got four of us at the moment we went from just me in December 2021 to where are we now end of April 2023 there's four so we're, we're getting there we're slowly building it Rome wasn't built in a day and um, <laughs> right. I think that was one of the problems early on I because it felt like such a huge task. I felt like I was trying to run before I could walk. And it seemed to be as soon as I sort of slowed it down and sort of focused on one thing at a time, um, things started happening and, you know, sort of people were starting to take notice a little bit. Um, There's just a a huge opportunity for the Burn Chef to to make an impact in Australia. Um, The industry needs it. the workers need it and in the long run everyone will benefit from it because as I said the happier the staff are then that's going to filter down to the um to the customers and through the food and drink absolutely thank you and thank you for all the good work you're doing and um and for your time today oh absolutely thank you Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Conversation with a Chef with Alan Tompkins from the Burnt Chef Project. You can book in for the event at Hope Street Radio through Eventbrite under mo-hospo. If you want to know more about the Burnt Chef Project on Instagram, you can check out at the Burnt Chef Project. If you liked what you heard and you want to hear more stories from other chefs, I'm on Instagram at Conversation with a Chef. You can read the chat at www.conversationwithachef.com, but it's really great if you follow me on Apple and Spotify podcasts. The more subscribers I get, the better. But thanks again for listening and have a great day.